So today, the title of my message is, Who Will Obey? How many of you are going to obey? It all depends on what you obey, though. You know? <laughs> it does matter, doesn't it? <laughs> so we're going to read out Acts chapter 5, verse 22 through 32. Apostles on trial again, so if you'll stand with me, and we'll read the word. Beginning at verse 22, but when the officers came and did not find them in the prison... They returned and reported, saying, Indeed, we found the prison shut securely, and the guards standing outside the doors. But when we opened them, we found no one inside. Now, when the high priest, the captain of the temple, and the chief priest heard these things, they wondered what the outcome would be. So one came and told them, saying, Look, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Then the captain went with the officers and brought them without violence, for the, they feared the people, lest they should be stoned. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council, and the high priest asked them, saying, Did we not strictly command you not to teach in this name? And look, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood on us. But Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you murdered by hanging him on a tree. Him God has exalted to his right hand to be the prince and savior, to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses to these things. And so also is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. Dear Heavenly Father, as we go into this time of your word, I pray that, Lord, our hearts be open to receive what you have for us, that, Lord, that we would be obedient unto you, Father God, that we'd be filled with your spirit, Father, that you'd not withhold anything good that you have planned for each one of us. I pray that we can just be renewed here today together in your presence, and, Father, that people would be healed, people be forgiven, and, Father, people be set free today. In your presence, in Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. That passage says a lot, but it says in there, it says, it's not a question, it's a statement. He says, we ought to obey God rather than men. You know, these last couple of years have been quite challenging in the world. When COVID-19 hit the world stage, we were all given that order to go home, you know, to shut down, to shut down everything but Walmart. <laughs> you know, because Walmart never, never closed. They just put up, you know, rails and let you in so many at a time and everything. But, you know, it was, it was a different time. You know, I, when they give that order, you know, I called Pastor Dave, our former pastor, I said, Pastor, what do I do? And he goes, I don't know, Ron. I've never been through a pandemic before. He goes, I never pastored through a pandemic before. I'm like, oh my gosh, this, this is new. This is all new to me, you know? And, um, you know, what we had is go home. I, I came down to church. I, I got my computer. I got the cameras. Uh, I got microphones. I went home. I set up a table, a stage in our living room. And, 
just got ready to preach the gospel at home. And I was like, you know, because you have the state telling you to go home. You have the, um, our denomination, the assemblies of God telling you to go home. You have the, the insurance company say, go home or you're not covered. So I had three people at me telling me you need to be at home. And it's like, I don't want to be at home. I, I don't like this. And so we went home and we, we did a couple of meetings in our house. And then they said, well, you can have 10 people. I'm like, well, what 10 people am I going to bring? I'm going to bring the worship leader. I'm going to bring an announcer. I'm going to bring a cameraman. I'm going to bring a sound man. I'm going to bring media. So I brought 10 people in here and we, we had church. We set a stage over there for worship, a stage over there to preach from, a stage over, stage over there from the announcer. And we began to do that. Then they said, hey, you can meet together outside. So we, we bought a stage and we started doing parking lot meetings. I love the parking lot. It just felt like I was on the crusade field, you know, in Africa or somewhere or Pakistan preaching. It was, I loved it. So we did that every Sunday. There was a group of us guys. We came at six in the morning. We came at six every Sunday. We set up that stage. We set up the sound equipment. We did a sound check, started service at nine, finished by 9.15. Spanish would go, I mean, Spanish at 10.15. Spanish would go at 10.30 and then they'd tear everything down for us. We did that through that whole summer of 2020. Man, it was hot. I came off the stage one time and they took my temperature and it was like 101.3 just because I was hot. It was just blazing out there at times. And so it really got to, you know, to where we really started seeking God. Because I wanted to do what, I want to do what God wants. I don't care what man wants. So God told me, July 5th, we had service out there and it was blazing. And no, we were in here. We were in here on July 5th and we were waiting on the Lord. And the Lord spoke to me that day. He says, I want you to go back outside. I'm like, and I said, it. I, I, it was on tape. And I, I said, what? And he says, I want you to go back outside. And and I remember I said, you know, the Lord just told me he wants us to go back outside, but I don't think he means on Sunday morning. You know, because that would be uncomfortable right now. <laughs> God wouldn't want us to do anything that makes us uncomfortable, would he? <laughs> you know, when God tells me, go back outside. And we were getting enough people that we were going to, I was going to go to the staff that Tuesday and say, hey, we need to go to two services. You know, because I mean, we broke up the sanctuary, social distancing and all that mess. You know, we had the chairs all situated. And so we were about maxed out. And so I, Monday, though, I get up and there's that go back outside order again. I'm like, oh. So I went to staff. We had our staff meeting on Tuesday. I'm like, you know what? You know, they're telling us we got to go back outside. I said, do you really want to go back outside or you, or you want to just do internet? You know, I was discouraged for a minute, you know? And so we decided we'll go back outside and do the parking lot. And I, I went back to my office and I just sat down by myself and I sat there and just started to pray. And the Lord goes, I already told you what to do. He goes, I already told you to go back outside. I'm like, you did. And I went back to that video and I pulled that little section out and I put it on Facebook and I sent it out to everybody I could because I wanted them to know we're following what God has told us to do. You know, because a lot of people got crazy in this COVID time. A lot of people started judging everybody. And, you know, I had one pastor, he's a um, pastor's more of a black church. And he says, my people just don't want to come back. I said, I got a bunch of crazy old white people that don't, that want to be back. <laughs> 
Yeah, we laughed about it too. <laughs> but we went back outside all summer till October 4th, Sunday. The Lord just spoke to me. He said, go back inside. So I emailed all the deacons because I want them to be in agreement with me. I said, hey, Lord's telling me it's time to go back inside. And they all sent me an email. We agree, we agree, we agree, you know. So, but then the next day the government said, it's okay, you can go back inside, you know. But when they said, don't sing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> really? <laughs> we can come to church and not sing? I can't come to church and not sing. So we sang. Because that, now they're really, inf- they were really infringing on the church. Because they, the devil knows this, that God inhabits the praises of his people. God comes down. His spirit comes. And he just is here today even. Amen. And that's what the de- devil knows that. So he's trying to shut us down for a minute to get us to not be able to praise God. See, I'm somewhere in here. So we came in and we've stayed in and we've stayed open. You know, and then there comes the thing about, you know, getting the vaccine. Now, I know COVID is real. I know people died. I know it's out there. Matter of fact, let me just stop right there for a minute. This Friday, this last Friday night, we had one of our brothers go home to be with Jesus, Joe Prieto. He's the guy that sat right over here about where you're sitting, Rose. He's always sat right there and he always wore his mask, but uh, he just had a lot of things going wrong and the Lord took him home Friday night. And so he's in heaven. So keep uh, Lorraine and, your, and their family in prayer, if you would, please. It's tough things to do to sit and watch people go, man. I just, that's the part of the job I do not enjoy. But I know COVID was real. You know, and I know that the way they handled it was kind of like a precursor of what's coming. You know, the getting that vaccine, making it mandatory. I remember just even this last, this year, a few months ago, we were in LA going to my favorite Chinese food restaurant. And we were there, we're checking in, there's four of us. And the lady says, do you have your vaccination card? You know, everybody's like, no, no, you know. Well, you have to eat outside. Oh, okay. I'm good. I'll eat outside. So we ate outside and, and had a nice lunch. But that's, that's the thing. See, the vaccine, though, was not the mark of the beast. It was not. The mark of the beast is in Revelation chapter 13. And it's not. But let me turn to my Bible there because I don't have this in my notes. But I want to talk about it for a minute. Revelation 13. This page 1861. <laughs> uh, I don't have it marked up in my Bible here, so bear with me. Okay, verse 16. It's talking about the Antichrist, okay? And he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads. 
and that no one, listen, no one may buy or sell except the one who has a mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. See, that, that's the end time stuff. But what I saw during COVID was exactly that. I saw them preparing us, prepping us for what's coming. That they, they said, you don't got the vaccine, you can't come in. You don't got the vaccine, you can't shop here. You don't wear a mask and have the vaccine, you can't fly. Amen. And you don't get rapid tested before you get on the plane, you can't fly. All this crazy stuff that they've just begin to put out that um, just shown what's coming. And this is what's gonna happen. And as I said, the vaccine wasn't the mark, but in the same way, when the mark of the beast comes, you won't be able to eat, you won't be able to buy anything, you won't be able to shop. You're gonna have to grow your own food, hunt your, your food, whatever you gotta do just to be able to eat. I went back, Delon and I went back this week and we watched some old movies from 1972. It was um, Thief in the Night. What was the other one? No, it wasn't an image of the beast. It was a thief in the night, something else. A distant thunder. Yeah, there you go. Thief in the night and distant thunder. And these movies were about the rapture. And in the second one, they kept telling, you know, you got to get the mark. And the lady's walking around town and she's looking at the shops. And it says, unless you have the, the, the mark, and they didn't call it the mark, unless you have like the, uh, the United Stamp. You can't come in. So she's walking and she sees the sign in every storefront as she's going along, you know. And then she gets she gets captured, Robert. And and she's with a group of people that she knows, and they're talking, and and you know, they took one of the girls in the in the back. And then when it was their her turn to go in the back, her friends had all taken the mark. Because when they got in the back, there was a guillotine there. And you, they, they gave you a choice. You either take the mark or you're going to die. You know, and her friends were there going, come on, just take the mark. Just take the mark and live. It's okay. You know, and that's what they were, the, their friends were pushing. Because not everybody is going to say yes to the Lord. Not everybody is going to be obedient to God in these days ahead. It's going to get different. It's going to be challenging. People are going to be challenged. You are going to be challenged in what you believe. And the word of God tells us that one day Jesus is coming, that he's coming back for his church. Not people that attend the church, but people that are the church. It's not about just coming. It's not about, you know, when you sit in your garage, that doesn't make you a car. You sit in the church, it doesn't make you a Christian. You gotta go all in with Jesus. You got to decide who you're going to obey, amen? But as we watch those movies, it just like, oh man, it just stirred our hearts. Who are you going to obey? You know, the apostles, they were, led out of, they were led out of prison, as we talked about last week, by an angel. Remember, when, they, when they, we read it right here in the beginning, when they went to go get the apostles out of prison, the doors were locked, the priests were, I mean, the guards were there. But when they opened the door, there was nobody in there. And they're like, uh-oh, what's going to come of this? What's going to happen now? Then they get the report. Those guys are out there in the temple preaching where you told them not to. They're out there sharing Jesus with people. 
You know, this is where their boldness kicked in. Remember, we talked about that boldness in Acts chapter 4, how they prayed together and the place was shaken and they were filled with boldness of the Holy Spirit and they went out and they became obedient to everything Jesus told them to do. They stopped caring about what people think and they started obeying Jesus. Is your boldness kicking in to share Jesus? To share the love of God with people? Are you becoming so bold that you step up and you don't care? I told you last week what Tim did when we were out there fishing. We weren't catching any fish and Tim says, I know what the problem is. You know, Tim can be very loud. I love it, bro, I love it, just so you know. But Tim, Tim says, I know what the problem is. Now we're on a boat, 24 guys plus the deck, I mean, plus the workers, another six guys, 30 guys. And he says, we need to pray. And one lady, yes, Ashley. <laughs> he says, we need to pray. And he starts speaking out how Jesus died on the cross, taking it step by step, how they beat him, the crown of thorns, ripping his arms out of the socket. Just putting the nails in his hands, putting the nails in his feet, dying on the cross and him being resurrected and being put to the right hand of the father of God. He just shares it and he starts, I mean, he's, he's as loud as I am right now and we're out there and you know what? Nobody could walk out on him. <laughs> 30 people, nobody could walk out on him. They were a captive audience. And let me tell you, when somebody starts preaching the gospel on a boat, it gets real quiet. <laughs> Everybody shut up. Whether they were listening or not, it was real quiet. And you wanna know what? It worked. We caught a lot of fish. We caught over 500 fish after that. But he came to me, Tim came to me afterwards. He goes, was that okay, pastor? <laughs> absolutely. He goes, I'm just doing what you tell us to do. I said, absolutely, I'm good. <laughs> you know, but it's funny when, when you're in those situations, how Christians want to go like this. <laughs> you know, they want to hide. Tim, please, please, Tim, please. Not none of us out there on that boat. We were excited. He was all done. I said, hey, man. It was after that I caught the biggest fish. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, I did have to throw that in there. <laughs> but that incident with the priest, the guy's not being in there. It caused the priest to begin to wonder. God wants to do wonders. So that people have to pause for a minute and think about what's happening, amen? God wants to do that. How did they get out of prison? It's a wonder. The doors are locked, the guards are there, where'd the men go? How are they not in this cell? This will make a person wonder. They walked right out. When miracles or wonders happen, people start pondering. Or in this case, they started arresting people. They were brought to trial. They arrested them without incident again. And they were cool about it because they were afraid they're gonna get stoned. They're like, man, we, why do we gotta get, bring these guys in? They might stone us because they were just preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
They were brought to trial and because they'd already told him, it, it says it very clearly, they'd already told him, don't preach in the name of Jesus. Don't use his name. Don't share that with him. See, because they know when, when the apostles started doing miracles in the name of Jesus, whom the priests killed, made the priests look bad. He says, you're going to put his blood on us. You're making us look bad right now. And we don't want to look bad because we're losing people. They got out of that jail. They went down and they started preaching. They didn't care. The truth that the priest didn't want them to share was being spread. But remember, they, even though the apostles were doing miracles, people were getting healed, the priests couldn't go in with them. They couldn't agree with them because that would mean that they killed the Messiah. And a lot of people aren't going to go in with Jesus because they've made a stance in their life. They've grown hard-hearted. They're, they're unwilling to declare that Jesus is Lord because of the way they've lived their life. And people are afraid that they might have to change if they make that commitment to Jesus. And the Word of God says, come as you are. I came here to this altar right here. I smoked, I drank, I had a foul mouth. Jesus washed me, cleansed me, and it all disappeared. Just because he loves us. I just came as I was. And I asked him, man, take this, take this, take this. And he said, okay, okay. And he did. Healed my marriage. And it's just been incredible. But when I came, let me tell you, I was a mess. I was a mess, but Jesus didn't care. He took that mess and he just cleaned it up. I led somebody to Jesus one day and, and they asked me, you know, I like to do this. Is that okay? I said, eh. They said, okay, I'll do away with that. And I said, okay. And I they said, uh, is it okay if I do this? Now, I, I'm not here to tell you about what to do and what not to do, but I do know what the Bible says about sin. And there's just certain things that Jesus says, don't do these things. And so this person's asking me these things and I'm like, if you think what you did got you attacked by the enemy, this one's worse. See, cause Miss Mary, it's good to see you. This person asked me, they said, is it okay for me to have sex out of marriage? And I went, yeah. That's a toughie because that will open the door for the enemy to attack you. And you know what she said? Oh, that's a hard one. I said, yeah. She says, you know, men, they always want that. I said, yeah, but you got to start learning to tell them no, because you don't want to open that door for the enemy to come and attack you. Amen. You want to shut doors, not open them. She goes, that's a hard one, pastor, but I'm going to try. I said, great. You know, because I, like I said, I'm not here to tell people what to do, what not to do. But if you ask me the question, I'll give you a straight answer. Amen. Because the enemy of our soul, it says he's, he's looking around. He's walking around. He's looking who he can devour. So he's looking, how can I get you? Because he knows... He knows your weakness, Grace. 
He knows your weaknesses, Maggie. He knows every little weakness you have. He, but here's the thing. He knows the weaknesses your mom has. <laughs> Lillian, that was... <laughs> But he knows the weaknesses Lillian's mom had. And on down and on down the generations. So what he does, the devil, he tries to play against those weaknesses to see if he can open a door to you to get in. So we've got to keep the door shut. Amen? And so the, keeping the door shut means we don't fall into sin. We do our best to walk the line. Anybody here sin this week? You should all have your hand up. <laughs> but we're forgiven, amen? When you come to Christ, you're forgiven. Jesus would rather that we walk in humility and that we admit we're wrong and move forward with him, that we made a mistake. You know, Judas... He made a mistake, and he killed himself. Jesus just wants us to repent when we do wrong and move forward. Amen? That we keep going with Jesus, not hold on to our pride so close that we can't find Jesus in the midst of a wonder. Peter and the rest make a very strong statement. We ought to obey God rather than man. We ought to obey God. I've read the Bible through many times, so I know what he's looking for in me. And I would encourage you to read it through too. Because when they say, when the apostles say, we ought to obey God rather than man, it wasn't a question. It was a statement. It's a bold statement. Put God first. What other th people think about, put second. Because people are going to question you. People will say things about you. When you make that commitment to Jesus, people will come against you. Your family will come against you. Because they don't know. Peter declares... God raised Jesus up. He also declares that the priests killed Jesus. And then he says, God exalted Jesus to his right hand. He declared Jesus his prince and savior. He declared Jesus gives repentance and forgiveness of sins. Peter declares that they are, wit they are a witness to all these things. They believe it all. They believe it. They receive it. They're walking in it. And the Holy Spirit is a witness to these things also and is given to those who obey Jesus. And the Holy Spirit empowers you and allows you to be strengthened in God so that you can walk with Jesus and that one day when that trumpet does sound, when he says, come on, you go. I, we're watching that thief in the night and the girl's laying in bed and she's dreaming about the rapture and... and she wakes up and she's like, honey, honey. And because her husband had just committed his life to Jesus and the razor's laying in the sink and the razor's on and, and he's gone. And then she realizes, I, you, know, you know what she said? She said, 
you know, I'm a good person. I go to church. I read the Bible. I'm probably better than most people. But she never made that commitment to Jesus. She did it out of a habit. It's about being committed to the Lord. Amen. It's about giving your life to Jesus. That we walk in Jesus and what he said and that we're obedient to it. You know, in James chapter 14, he gives us some um, things to obey. He says, he says, if you love me, keep my commandments. How many of you love Jesus? Do what he says. Do what he says. Amen. Just do what he says. And then 1421, he says, he who has my commandments and keeps them is he who loves me. Who loves Jesus today? Amen. Amen. And he who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. The Lord will manifest himself to you. Amen. He will show you. John 14, 23, Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, look at this, he will keep my word and my father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home with him. So Adam, wait, back it up. I'm not done yet. <laughs> is, is anyone loves him? He says, keep my word. We've got to keep the word of the Lord. Amen. What Jesus is telling you, we got to walk in it. You know, like that young lady said, that's a hard one, pastor. It is hard sometimes. There's things that God is calling us to lay aside. You know, as we, the word declares, old things are passed away. That's what baptism is. You go under that water. Those old things die under that water. And you're resurrected in Jesus Christ, empowered by God. Amen. To live the life that he's called you to. To live a life of obedience to Jesus. And he says... He says, my father will come to you, will love you. My father will love you and will come to him and will make our home with him. You know, when you leave, God goes with you. He doesn't stay here in this church. He's not here in this building. When you leave, he's with you. He's in your heart. And the spirit of God dwells in you, amen? When you leave and you believe, oh my gosh, geez, the, God says, I'm gonna love you and I'm gonna come. I'm gonna make my home with you. So he's always there, Delonda. He's always there. Wherever you are, he's there. Wherever you are, wherever your home is, he's there. It could be in Texas, Lewis, and he'll be there. Amen. Amen. And all right, next one. Is there a next one? All right. 1423, I think I'm on. Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, my father will love him. We'll come and make our home. I said that one. John 15, 14. You are my friends. Jesus talking. You are my friends, Jesus, if you do whatever I command you. If you walk in what he's told us to do, you are a friend of God. We sing that song, I am a friend of God, do, 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 I am a friend of God. <laughs> we sing that, and you know what? And if you're doing what he commands you, you are truly a friend of God, amen? You're walking with him. So that, that is so important. So there's a big tie to obedience and God doing wonders amongst us. 
when we're obedient to the Lord, he will manifest to us. So I ask this question today, and I only got one point today. Who should we obey? Who should we obey? The great thing is that he sent the Holy Spirit to fill us, to empower us, to do what God is asking us to do. So let's obey God. Amen? Let me tell you, you make a commitment today to obey God, you'll be tested tomorrow. <laughs> the, devil, the devil says stuff like, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, as we're here before you today, we thank you for the challenge of your word. Lord, I love how your, your apostles were so obedient to you. They were not fearful for their own lives. They were, their desire was just to be obedient to you. Maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor Ron, I just need to give my life to Jesus because I just want to be obedient to him. That when I hear that trumpet, I'm going to go. If that's you today, just wave your hand and raise it and wave at me and let me know you're making that commitment to Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Anybody else? Come on. You're making that commitment today. Amen, 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 amen. Praise God. Amen. I see that hand. I see that hand. Amen. Many people. Why don't we do this? Why don't we stand right now? Let's stand. And if you raise your hand, I'm going to ask you to do something so bold that you, the Bible says, if you declare me before men, I'll declare you before God. So if you raise your hand right now, I want you to just come down to this front right now while we just praise God together for your life that you're making that commitment. So come on, you raise your hand, don't be afraid. Just come on right now. Come on, yeah, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, it's okay. Praise Jesus, praise Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on. It's good. Somebody come stand behind them today. Come on. Hallelujah. We got a little story I'd like to tell. We got a story. Uh, bring me that mic, Ed. I think you know my uh, wife is Mindy's mother. And uh, she's got a, a real uh, serious problem with her... Uh, her spinal cord in her neck. And I know you've prayed for her in the church. I really appreciate that. I'm, I'm confident that that's going to be a big deal. But this is the story I want to tell. We had a doctor set up. She was supposed to have surgery on the 1st. We got back from uh, Nashville on the 25th. The following Monday, I called because we were supposed to have some pre-op appointments. I accidentally dialed the wrong number. And when I accidentally dialed the wrong number, I got a neurosurgeon who's one of the top five in the country that answered, uh, his secretary answered the phone and said, you know, before you do this, why don't you come down to my office? So we came down to his office. He examined her. 
he, he said he would be able to do the surgery. They were going to come in from the back and cut all this muscle back here and some nerves. He says, I can go in through the front. It'll be a lot uh, uh, faster and less invasive. Mm. And um, how many times do you call... How many times would you go call your doctor and accidentally call the wrong number and get a top neurosurgeon? Amen. I, I don't think that was luck. <laughs> well, we're going to pray for her. We're going to lay hands on her in a minute. But you're all here to make that commitment to Jesus, and it's wonderful. I know some of you have already done that, and uh, I'd just like to shake your hand, sir. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. God bless you. Yeah. God bless you. Amen. And we're going to say a prayer here in a minute. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Are you his mama? You've done good. Why don't we all? Oh, one more. All right. Praise God. Amen. Let's, let's just all say this prayer together, okay? Dear Heavenly Father. I thank you for your son, Jesus, that he died for me, and he's sitting at your right hand. Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Wash me, cleanse me from it. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. And I'll be your child. Help me today to be obedient to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now I'd like to just say a prayer over you. Dear Heavenly Father, you, you see these men and women that have come before you. We call them men and women of God, children of God today. Father God, we thank you for their lives and the commitment they're making today. And I pray, Father God, that Lord, truly, they'd see that forgiveness come for all their past, Lord. And that today, Lord, that's being wiped away. Lord, that there's a renewing and a refreshing coming them today. Lord, let them know that all the angels in heaven are rejoicing over their life today. Let the mighty hand of God give them strength and build them up. And I pray for my sister here today, God. I pray that your healing power just come upon her, Father. Oh, Lord, that you'd root out and you'd pull down everything the enemy meant for harm, God. And your mighty hand would be with her. Lord, that you just touch her today, Father. Yeah, renew everything in her back and her neck, God. Be a renewing, Father. Let your hand just be upon her today upon every person today, God, that's suffering physically. Just touch them. We thank you, Father God, for their lives. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. Let's give the Lord a big hand, huh? Amen, amen. On the back table, we have a, a discipleship page for you. Andy's back there right now. And what it has, it has his business card on there that you read the first one he'll see, and call him, he'll send the second one. And he'll just send them to you every couple of weeks. You read them, you study them. And if you've got questions, you can call me or you can call him. I don't care if you call me either. So 737-HOPE is our number here. 
So God bless you. If you want to turn around, let them greet you and welcome you into the family of God, it would be great. Amen. You can be seated. Ed's going to come right now.